Planning a summer break? Experience the best of Ireland inside and out at Clayton Hotels with nationwide destinations you can soak up amazing coastline views. Then soak in the atmosphere in our welcoming bars and spacious lounges. Squeeze in local attractions then stretch out in our big family rooms. Enjoy endless adventures followed by meals made to thrill Delicious. and heavenly moments alongside real luxury. For the best rates, always book on ClaytonHotels.com. The Hollywood Radio Theater. Every day at this time, Monday through Friday, a J.M. Kohler's Enterprises production, The Hollywood Radio Theater presents an unusual tale of mystery and suspense. Every week, Monday through Friday, the Hollywood Radio Theater presents... I'm Rod Serling. You're listening to The Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. This week, Merwin Girard's study of a man pursued. Dead Man's Tale. Starring George Maharis. Craig Stevens. And Charles McGraw. In Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour. Our story this week is a case for rebuttal to the old adage, dead men tell no tales. It's the story of Carl Brooks, a young man, a practicing lawyer, one of two junior district attorneys under political zealot Lloyd Mercer. It will be Carl Brooks's misfortune to be asked to perform a favor by and for his mentor. Misfortune that begins with murder and proliferates over a life reborn and a span of four years' time. His initial chance discovery and subsequent smoldering guilt will prove to be the driving catalytic force to spirit him back to the scene of the crime. A dead man knows the truth. And for Carl Brooks, a mission of repentance and search for that truth will lead him to peel back the layers of deceit and uncover what we can only call dead man's tale. Our story begins after this word. <laughs> Picture this. Dusk of a late autumn day in a seemingly typical Midwestern city of 300,000. In the office of District Attorney Lloyd Mercer, the day's work is winding to a close. The secretary has gone home, leaving two young men to their game of darts in the outer office. Bullseye! How about that shot, Barry? Ah, no, no good, Carl. You stepped over the line. Now, come on, Barry. You're not going to take a hundred points from me over an imaginary line, are you? Carl Brooks and Barry Wilson... Both 24 years old. Close friends and Lloyd Mercer's junior DAs. Gentlemen, who's winning? You are, Chief. If the latest figures in the polls are right. Yes, they were very encouraging. Come to the office. Encouraging? 57% for you, 36% for all the other candidates combined, 7% undecided. And less than a week to go, you're a shoo-in for another term. I never count votes until election night. 
Which one of you can spare me a small favor this evening? I have to get home and change for that rally. Well, I still have some work on the Bostwick brief, uh, and you'll need it first thing tomorrow. Right. And you've also got a family awaiting dinner. Which, by the process of elimination, leaves the bachelor with a clear desk. Okay, what can I do for you, Chief? Barry, would you close the door on your way out? Hmm? Oh, sure thing. Carl, I want you to go to the Delta Hotel and pick up an attaché case for me. The man's name is Robert Henley. He'll be expecting you. He's in room 515. And when you get it, bring it straight to me at election headquarters. I'll need those documents tonight before the rally. Now, I'm off with you. Yes, sir. Uh, good luck tonight, Mr. Mercer. What could go wrong? I'm addressing our 57%. I left the office and took a cab to the Delta Hotel. The desk clerk waved as I walked by, and I told the elevator man, fifth floor. The door to room 515 was oddly not quite closed. Mr. Henley? It's Carl Brooks from uh, Lloyd Mercer's office. Mr. Henley. Uh, Mr. Henley, are Mr. Henley. Hey. What? what? Oh, my God. Uh, hello, uh, main desk. Get me the food. Cute. Not cute enough. Paris, what are you doing here? No need to ask what you're doing, is there? Uh, calling the Red Cross, maybe? Donating blood? This man's dead. Oh, that's very good, Counselor. Very good indeed. I'll take that money now. What? Come on, come on. It's too late for games. You're out of your league, Sonny. What are you talking about? You think I killed him? Fancy that. Tell you what, just hand over the cash and I'll forget I saw you here. You can run, and maybe you can beat the murder rap. Now, wait a minute. This is insane. Not insane. Just stupid. But then you couldn't know I'd make it a habit to keep my eye on my investments. Your, your investments? Look, I, I don't have any idea of what you're talking about, Ferris, but I'm going You're to... not going to do anything or go anywhere until you cough up that hundred and fifty grand. A hundred and fifty... Get out of my way, Ferris. Sorry. The money, Brooks. Hand it over or I'll... Get... Mercer, please. It's urgent. Carl? Sir? You're lucky I'm still here, boy. Where are you? What's the matter? Everything's the matter. Robert Henley is dead. What? I'm sorry, Carl. I, I couldn't hear you. What did you say? Robert Henley. He's dead. What? I went up to his room and found him on the floor. His throat. It was cut from ear to ear. What about the attaché case? Well, it was still handcuffed to his wrist, but it was broken open and it was empty. Empty? 
There's all $150,000 worth of documents. Mr. D.A., are you there? You'd better get over here right away, Carl. Joe Farris was there. He saw me in the room. He thinks I killed Henley. Well, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. He said there was money involved. Where is he now? Well, Farris? He's still up there. I don't know. I, I, I don't plan to be around when he comes to. I had to hit him to get out. Come over to headquarters. I have to see you. Well, everyone else has. Farris, the desk clerk, the elevator man, my fingerprints. They're all over that room. Carl, I'll explain, but not over the phone. Well, just explain two things to me. $150,000 and one dead man. You get over here, Brooks. Now. Right now. Mercer? Mercer! Taxi! Taxi! Carl! Hey, Carl, where are you going? The chief told me to pick you up and... Carl! The airport. And move. Carl! It wasn't logical. And it wasn't intelligent. It was sheer, blind panic that made me take the first westbound plane out of town. After all, I was innocent, regardless of how it looked. But it looked like a setup, with me, dead center in the frame. When the plane landed, I bought a hometown paper. The story of Henley's murder was all over the front page. Carl Brooks was a wanted man. I dumped the paper in the trash can and moved on. And on. From town to town. The days ran into weeks and then months, I... I never read anything more or heard about it. I didn't want to know. Guilt is not always something that can be determined in a court of law. I had to establish a new life if I was to survive, beginning with a new name, Charles Barrows. A three-day construction job brought me into a small central town in California, the town of Coulter. I stayed four years, growing with the town. I enrolled in a real estate school where I met Jenny Duncan. We studied together. And in four years, our friendship blossomed into something far greater. Be right there, Jen. How's my land bearing doing today? Fine, let's go. Where? Anywhere, just... Just drive somewhere. All right. Rough day at the office? You sure had me fooled, Charles Barrows. What? What do you mean? Honey, all I meant was you're terribly cranky today. Oh. I'm sorry, Jenny. I, I didn't mean to take it out on you. I mean, that's the last thing I want to do, believe me. Let's, let's go to the lake. We've always been able to say what we mean there. All right. See the circle the pebble makes in the water? I bet you can't throw one inside it. I thought we came here to say what we meant. What is it, Charles? Oh. Well, uh, a man came in today. He, 
He was interested in a piece of property over by Golden Valley. I was showing him the brochure when he... He said he thought he'd seen me somewhere before. Well, that is possible. Coulter isn't San Francisco. He just moved here from the Midwest. He probably thought you were someone else. Like Carl Brooks. Who? Charles, what are you not telling me? Jenny, do you know how much I love you? I mean, how much you mean to me? Four years ago, a man was killed in the town I grew up in. Carl Brooks worked for the district attorney at the time. He found the body, but that's all he did. But it was somehow made to look like he was a suspect, the prime suspect. What happened to him? Well, he disappeared. And you have the same color hair, right? We're one and the same. I don't believe it. Well, it's true. And if it weren't, well, I'd have proposed marriage a long time ago. Charles. My conscience wouldn't allow me to ask. I mean, I, I'd give up anything for you, Jenny. I, I, I would. And I will. What does it all mean? Well, I've decided to give myself up. I'm going back, Jenny. Clear myself. Clear my name. What happens to us? I love you. Whoever you are. I'm going with you. Uh, no, no. You mustn't. Please, Jenny. I mean, it's painful as it is. But what if you said you were innocent? Oh, I was weak then. I was a coward. I couldn't have fought the law even though they were wrong. But it's different now. I have something to fight for. And that's exactly what I plan to do. It was only two hours by air back to the city where I'd lived most of my life. But it seemed an eternity until the plane touched down at the airport. The moment I stepped under the ground, the feeling of guilt returned. Hundreds of people in that city knew me by sight. And if I was picked up before I had the chance to turn myself in, it would be impossible to prove I came back to give myself up. Voluntarily, that is. Taxi, mister? Yes. Where to? Where the county offices. Right. Would you happen to know, is, uh, is Lloyd Mercer still the district attorney? Not since the election last month. We got a new one. Name of Jameson. Oh, I see. Then Mercer won a second term and was defeated this year. No. Nope. Mercer didn't run for DA this year. way I hear it, Jameson's his boy. Mercer ran for Superior Court. Judge? Judge Mercer? Yeah, another landslide. They're saying he'll run for governor next time. That Mercer's got one smooth machine. Yeah. Well, he's the one I want to see. Well, that'll be the courthouse. Good afternoon, Judge Mercer's chambers. Just a moment, please. Your Honor, there's a Mr. Alan Bledsoe calling. On line one, sir. Yes, sir. Can I help you? Yes, I'd like to see Judge Mercer, please. Your name, please? Brooks. Carl Brooks. I'm afraid you'll have to make an appointment, Mr. Brooks. Would tomorrow afternoon be satisfactory? Look, I have to see him right away. The judge is a very busy man. Could you please tell him I'm here? All right, I'll ring in, but... Judge, there's a Mr. Brooks out here, and he insists... Yes, Carl Brooks. Yes, sir. He said to go right in, Mr. Brooks. 
Carl, how are you? Well, don't just stand there. Sit down. Tell me, how have you been? What have you been doing? What brings you back to our fair city? I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I, I came back to give myself up. Give yourself? Oh, well, you mean the Henley murder. Of course. Oh, that's marvelous. You mean you've been thinking all these years, what is it now, almost five? You've been worried, hiding? Carl, there's no charge against you. No charge? But I read in the paper. I mean, the, the day after it happened that I was the prime suspect. You were, for a couple of hours. It was open and shut, Carl. The murderer was apprehended, tried, convicted, and executed. We still had the death penalty done. You mean... You mean all this this time, the running, the, the changing my name, giving up my law career, living with fear that at any time... For, for nothing? I mean, it was, it was all for nothing? I am sorry, Carl, but... If you hadn't run... I'm free? <laughs> you mean, I'm free? As the proverbial bird, Carl. But I hope this doesn't mean you're going to fly away before we've had a chance to have dinner together. Or at least a drink. <sighs> Look, um, can I make a phone call first? You're welcome to use my phone. No, no, thank you. No, it's, it's long distance and, and personal. I, I've got a question to spring on a young lady. My premature congratulations. A local girl? No, 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 California. Maybe it all turned out for the best. I mean, if I hadn't left, I, I never would have met Jenny. But you won't leave town without saying goodbye. Judge, you have my solemn oath. You're sure, darling? Absolutely sure. <laughs> That's what the man said. Look, I'll be on my way now, but the, there just isn't a plane leaving for the coast until tomorrow. I'll come there if you like. No, 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 no. Don't you dare. I'm coming home for life. Oh, Carl. <laughs> I have to get used to calling you Carl. Look, I'm going to check into a hotel, and then I'll pick up some of my things and, well, maybe have a drink with Mercer or whoever before I leave. Mrs. Carl Brooks. Jennifer Brooks. I like the sound of it. Hey, <laughs> you're not listening. Oh, yes, I am. You're coming home. See you tomorrow, love. Goodbye. Bye. Carl? Is that Carl Brooks? Hugo. Hugo! Wow, you look great. I mean, it's really been a long time. Are you still with the Chronicle? How the hell are you? Can't complain. Up till now. What happened? Mercer bring you back to run his next campaign? Hugo. I wasn't notified of any high school class reunion. Hugo, come on now. Why are you writing me? How'd you like the trial? Believe it or not, today's the first I've heard of it. I mean, all along, I thought that... You know, You're a long time late. Late? For what? Barry Wilson, for one. Barry? What about him? I mean, I was just going to call him. I'm afraid they don't have phone service where Barry is. Where is he? You don't know? You really don't know? No. Barry was executed for Henley's murder. Barry? Well, that, that's impossible. No, was it? No, no, that's not possible. I mean, I saw him. I mean, he was just arriving at the hotel after Henley was dead. That's what Barry kept saying, that he had a perfect alibi. You. But, but the trial, Hugo. He, he, was, he was convicted. Because you were running, because you weren't here to testify for him. He kept saying, Carl will come back and prove I'm innocent. But Carl was running to save his own skin. And Mercer needed a quick arrest to assure his re-election as D.A., 
Barry was the perfect pigeon. But a jury doesn't convict without him. I mean, they must have had some evidence. Well, you keep telling yourself that if it's any comfort. Sure, Mercer built up a case and made it stick because Barry's only witness couldn't be found. But, but you see, I, I thought I was the one they were looking for. If you were innocent, why'd you run? Hmm? Or maybe you weren't. You said yourself Barry couldn't have done it. Barry's dead? What about Ellen and the little girl? Well, they're doing fine. Just fine. Ellen's adjusted to life as a widow. And the kids at school make it wonderful for little Katie. Oh, but don't let it bother you, Carl. <laughs> Obviously, it hasn't so far. Send him a card after you leave. Goodbye, Carl. Have a wonderful life. Tomorrow at this time, rest your eyes and listen here to this week's continuing study in suspense, Dead Man's Tale. I'm Rod Serling, and this is the Zero Hour. You've been listening to the Hollywood Radio Theater's presentation of The Zero Hour. Heard every weekday at this time. Rod Serling is your host. Dead Man's Tale was written by Mervyn Gerard and Kim Weisskopf. George Maharis is Carl. Craig Stevens is Mercer. And Charles McGraw is Ferris. Featured in the cast are Byron Kane, Anne Marshall, Catherine Grody, and Herbert Jefferson Jr. Zero Hour is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. Jack Myers is executive producer. Rochelle Sherman, associate producer, and Kim Weiskopf, story editor. Music conducted and composed by Stanley D. Hoffman. The Hollywood Radio Theater theme was played by Ferranti and Teicher and is now available on United Artists Records and Tapes. This has been a J.M. Colas Enterprises production. Hugh Douglas speaking. <laughs>